room is now dumb for having left. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 83. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. Uh, Sadness, a little bit of sadness about this podcast, but before we do anything, my good mate, The Solution from the Winter Hill Windsock Podcast is on the line. How you going, Solution? I'm good, thanks, Scott. How are you, Grant? What's Mate, oh, look, we're good. We're uh, <laughs> we've I've picked myself up off the floor um, that was last weekend and uh, or the weekend before, um, and yeah, I'm 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 back up. I'm upright and I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Um, just one thing before we kick off. Yes. I, am I on the Patreon site or am I on the free? The free one. This is going to be. The, this is the free one, but we can get you on the Patreon if you want. <laughs> yeah, well, is... I was going to ask for some cash. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought, I thought I was going to get paid. you're on the number one Essendon based fan podcast here. That's payment enough, Ooh. surely. No, you. Well, yes. Are we? No. No. <laughs> Probably not. Who knows? <laughs> well, what I can say on that, just for a moment, is um, uh, we. So this is how committed I was to coming on to you guys. I actually haven't released our podcast as yet. I'm going to release it a little bit um, after this. But I kind of announced yesterday on our podcast when we recorded it that it's probably going to be our last year. So um, you you guys may, you know, you can now ascend to the number one position. Take the mantle. Um, (laughs) Correct. Like Stephen Bradbury. um, (laughs) The people in front of you have fallen over. Fallen over. And we will gladly take the gold. Now, I'm I'm obviously a listener of your show, have been for quite some time. And look, we we kind of joke about the whole number one. That's just our stupid humour. You guys were one of the very pioneers of this Essendon podcast. Uh, We absolutely love the show. We've actually caught up for lunch. We've actually caught up for lunch a couple of times uh, and developed pretty good friendship. And and uh, it's been a real joy. yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but it, it has been good. <laughs> it was, it was, sure, I mean, sure. A little, little over the top from Scotty sure, there, but there was, he, he sure, thinks there was a, a lot of your uh, solution. He really there was, does. There yeah. was a fist fight last time, but that was, yeah, you know. It's but, um, between mates. Could, can I just, one thing I, I reckon would be good to understand is sort of how your podcast came about. Because uh, you are, are we, you guys were close to the first ones that ever come out, right? Yeah, well, I think to be fair, I think that, the first one I was familiar with was the uh, what was it called Napier Street Elite, okay. which I think might have started about a year before us, and yeah. I think they they stopped podcasting a long time ago. Um, but yeah, we actually, funnily enough, we started as a website before we were a podcast, and it was kind of like a rant site where we used to just rant about random. Stuff. I'm not allowed to swear, am I, on this one? You, established. You, you can, one or two, it's fine. You it's can fine. just be yourself, mate. Yeah, Don't just worry. Be yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, but we suddenly realised, well, we're all Western supporters. And so all the sort of rubbish that we used to talk about in the pub um, after the game, um, why not just put a, a microphone in front of us and, and start recording very it? So, actually. <laughs> yeah, so we were, we were a bit like you guys are now for the first sort of two, three years, we were super enthusiastic. We did two a week. 
I used to write a song of the week. Um, was the saga a big influence then, on you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, good question. Absolutely. So I reckon about two weeks after we started, not that I can really remember, and I ne- I'm not, I'm probably like you guys, I never go back and listen to the old ones, but I reckon about two or three weeks in, the Asada saga hit. Wow. And it was kind of like, that's what I was saying yesterday on our podcast. I think we were a podcast for a period of time and a little bit like your Facebook page and you guys did that fantastic stuff with that walk to the G, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I was saying yesterday, again on our podcast, I think that's what makes uh, Rick Edwards' book so terrific um, because he really captures, I think, that feeling amongst Essendon supporters. And, yeah, it was just a, a great mechanism to sit down and, and kind of vent frustration that we were feeling and I know you guys had had your your sort of form that you did that and I yeah. I reckon that funnily enough that was pretty important to Essence supporters through that that period in my opinion not that I'm saying we were important I'm just saying it was important that Essence supporters had forums where we could kind of vent without the sort of rubbish the media was throwing at yeah. us No I'm probably the same like around that time I didn't. I, I I kind of knew the podcast realm, but didn't know it well. Um, but I was I was a person who just liked to get behind a keyboard and just start writing, and that's what I. That's really how my journey started. I kind of did a writing version of a podcast. I, I've just um, because it sounds I, like because, it's the same sort yeah, of thing. because I felt like there was a lot of misinformation out there. I, I, I yeah, would, I, and you know. I was able to have a few little relationships with, you know, and I'd have a few com- convos back and forth with Chip Legrand and a few other guys. And um, so suddenly this information started coming my way. And then, and then I just thought, I just got to write about this because I was just so angry. I just had to have a venting way of doing it. And then really just through that, um, and that was through more the Facebook realm at the time, but people just, you know, just grabbed onto it and said, "Well, that's how I'm feeling as well." Uh, and then, 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 really, the whole Western community started to almost unite. Really weirdly, it was like a, it was like a, a horrific moment and a joyous moment all in one because you you had an Essendon fan base that were really you know in sync and and unified and but in in sort of angry unified. Uh, yeah, but it was still kind of unified in a weird way. There was something, it was something unique that we'd never seen in the. We were one, we we're probably one of those fan bases that took it for granted that just success was going to come our way, um, and then some. <laughs> Hasn't that changed? Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then yeah, exactly, exactly, and then and then suddenly this horrible thing has happened to our club that no one really could comprehend and. And what came out as shock then suddenly came to anger as the information got so uh, mistreated, misreported, uh, and then narratives kicked in from all parties. And then, yeah, then everyone's, every, obviously everyone went for our club. That no one's been held accountable for, by the way. Yeah. All the, the crap that was said and oh. from the oxygen thief, Wilson, and all those guys, no one's been held accountable to that. No one. You know what I'd love to do, Solution? I'd love to get like take a month off from work and go find a TV studio somewhere and just watch all of that old reporting f- across all of the um, the news shows and just see the kind of 
crap they reported and just like put a package together of this wilson said this barrett said this this was wrong this was wrong this turned out to have no evidence this had just to show people the the kind of stuff the reporters can get away with saying without actually having to provide any proof you know what though grant you say that that you would not want to lock yourself in a room i mean even if you had a case of scotch with you <laughs> you would come out yeah i'd, I'd probably out, lose yeah. it yeah you'd come out looking like marty feldman Yes. You'd have one eye, one eye in a hump, and uh, <laughs> it, it's not a good idea. No, but, that's um, actually a good point. Look, but you know, yeah. I uh, sorry to interrupt. I, I was just going to add that. Um, yeah, I think stuff like what you guys did, and I think what we did, and what a few other people did. You know, they say what doesn't kill kill you, make you stronger, makes you stronger. Um, I don't know if an amputee would agree with that, but um, agree. I think for most, I think it's in some way made us made us stronger as a supporter base, and like none of the flack that we caught from external media worries me anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I must admit, I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, it goes over my shoulders pretty quick now. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, back in the day, we used to worry about would Gumbleton ever get fit. Yes. That was our, our number one worry. And then yes. suddenly we lost an entire team yeah. and we got kicked out of finals and everything else. And um, I still think the the residue is still felt through the current um, regime and maybe we'll talk to yep. what's happening with the club at the moment. But, um, yep. yeah, look, it's... Um, yeah, in, in summary, um, I am a fan of your podcast as well. And I think what some people don't realise who maybe listen is it actually costs money to pull together. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know. Yeah. Um, that's why there's not many good podcasts out there because it costs money, it yeah. takes time, and it takes effort, and uh, it's not easy to do. And um, I reckon, uh, yeah, you got you guys long, may you continue, but um, yeah. we, we might just about be done. Well, in some ways that's pretty sad uh, because – Obviously, I don't get your podcasts anymore. Uh, look, uh, uh, do you know what? We even said this, you know, and I hope this is okay, but we even caught up for lunch. It, it, it's, it's, we, we basically just laughed and said, this has nothing to do with money or fame or anything like that. It's just, it's part of it. Sometimes it's just actually, you know, for our own, our own enjoyment. Uh, just to, just to vent, it's an out, it's a, it's an outline to, to just share your thoughts and, and see if people are interested and, and you know you're right you, you need an understanding family you need you need finances to set everything up and and you're putting it on for free and and i know i mean i spoke to you last time that you get a bit of flack about putting on a you know a patreon podcast and get people to put in two dollars a month yeah if they want some extra content but that's just the reality like you've got to pay for this stuff and 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 you've got to upgrade softwares and all that sort of thing and uh, yeah, and, and you, 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 the hosting site isn't free for a start. Um, yeah. and, you know, I don't want to bore people with with details, but um, it does take time. And look at the hobby. If you if you were in it to earn money, you drive Uber, exactly and you earn a lot right. more money. Yeah. Um, but it's a hobby and it's fun and uh, uh, it's a good place to to talk about Essendon. Absolutely, we, we we love it. It's great, and I. It's great. We can talk underwater between the two of us. We've known each other for that long, and yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we we love coming over just 
I love coming over to Scotty's place and just having a, a laugh as we do the podcast. We're invariably cacking ourselves laughing halfway through the podcast, and and we get. I mean, just recently we've had access to some really great guests, people that we may never have spoken to before, but we've got to talk to Heath Hocking and Simon Madden and all those guys. So we we love doing it. Um, and I, I agree with Scotty. I'm, I'm it's sad that you won't be doing it anymore because I reckon the more of these kind of positive where, where possible positive kind of podcasts about the Essendon footy club the better um from a fan's point of view actually because i think you, you get your your measured curated kind of podcasts from the club um you get podcasts from the other talking heads and stuff but i reckon proper Essendon fans there should be more of those kind of podcasts out there yeah i agree and i do reserve the right to change my mind to so you never know we yeah, might. Well, of course um, yeah you know what's going to happen? Doro's going to get someone in the trade. The club's going to be building us up. Danaher's going to be fit. He's going to resign. We're going to be excited. We're going to start talking about finals, final four, and then it's all going to turn to shit. I said that. I said that yesterday. I said, "Oh man, if we've got a bomber supporter at work." I go, "Man, I'm so sick of going." Oh well, yeah, got the trades coming up. Dora will do his thing. We'll get the boys fit. Danaher will be fit. He'll have a whole preseason. He'll be okay. Hurl's shoulder will be better. And I, I can't wait till the start of next season. I'm really getting sick of talking myself into the start of next season. I really am. Yep. But I'll do it. I'll absolutely. I'll do it. <laughs> and I just. And then five games into the season, the bloody game plan won't work, and we'll throw that out and go back to just running the football. But no, you are one hundred percent right. Well, we shall see. Now, to bring up a positive subject that I know you've you've celebrated during the week, and wishes wishes are guaranteed of coach next year. I hear a big fan. <laughs> I I've got to get your thoughts and and. Bear in mind, everyone, that everyone has a different opinion. And, and if you go on Twitter land and Facebook land, trust me, there's varying opinions on this one. Yep. When you got that news that he's definitely coaching for 220, tell me your thoughts. Let rip. Oh, you mean me? Yes. yes. Sorry, yes. Sorry, yes. yes. Sorry, I was just taking a skull of, of beer because I, <laughs> I need to. As you do. Um, <laughs> after hearing the news. I Look... <laughs> What, what I've said on our podcast many times is I'm sure if we sat in the coach's box and listened to them talk tactics, I wouldn't know what the hell was going on and my head would be spinning around like um, like it was the exorcist. I, you, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't pretend to know the level of detail that Worst Fold knows on his little finger. Yeah. But what I'll say is what do we see as the output and the outputs that I've seen now for two years are the same issues, unaddressed, so turnovers, struggling from kickouts to spread, and you know invariably kicking long down the line like it's 1954 to to a pack. Um, I see us doing well in the midfield often, and Thursday night was a perfect example where we. we I think we um, evened the clearances and maybe even did slightly better. Uh, kicking to um, two or three opponents on one of our forwards, who's 
often uh, Waller. Yeah, I was going to say that, yep. So I just see the same issues happening in the game. I see a game plan that doesn't hold up um, against certain situations or when teams scheme against it. And I question whether that game plan would ever succeed in finals. In fact, is it that different from what Matthew Knights did with the run and gun out of defence where he wanted to use Campbell? Yeah. I, I I, I think that's my concern is is surely there's a different approach coming next year that we're not, our game plan isn't to run 120 metres uh, the ball forwards from our halfbacks and hoping mm. it works. You've got to actually drive out of the middle. You've got to, you've got to have a, a functioning forward to mid setup where the two are in sync and, and we're not, we're not having three tall forwards around the wing and having Waller as back as some security blanket to mark the ball. <laughs> and so there, I actually totally agree with you on that, that the concern is, is, is the same errors are happening and the same, and I more, my confusion sometimes is, is when I see the forwards go up too high, right. And I, and I see things like that. And then, yep. you, then you have the coaches' video to members afterwards saying, "Oh well, again the players went up too high," you know. And you're like, "Okay, so you don't want that to happen, but how can a playing group be so ignoring of your instructions every week? Like, if that's not your idea, then you've got a bigger problem because you've got a playing group that's willingly disobeying you. So that's that's that's." My or, concern. Well, that's so. What is the cause of it? Is it that the game plan is unimplementable or difficult to implement? We know it's difficult to implement because Worsfold continuously told us that the players were still learning. How many times did we hear learnings this year? Yeah. Um, in fact, he may have even uttered it in his press conference last uh, last Thursday night. Um, so we see these things, but then let's look even further at what happened last year. I think the rumour, it's pretty much been verified by a lot of sources that nobody was able to talk to John Worsfold apart from Mark Neild. Okay. And we saw yeah. what happened when Mark Neild was removed yeah. and the impact it had on the, on the playing group. You can't tell me that it, as much as I hate the little mosquito, Alistair Clarkson would ever be so influenced by one uh, assistant coach that it would have a significant um, impact on the performance when that assistant was removed or that um, Alistair Clarkson or you name your successful coach wouldn't be able to make changes when required. What we know about Worsfold is he's stubborn and Part of his resoluteness is what made him a great player. You know, he just made a straight beeline at the ball and he didn't care who was in front of him. But I think that kind of, you know, he's as immovable as an Easter Island statue. And I I don't think that's what we need in the modern football era. Daniel Kerr said it back in the mid-2000s. He said, Wersholt's a fantastic man manager and he's not a tactician. And yet here we are 15 years later. 
often we've got this guy, I think, whose game plan doesn't stack up and he's not capable of changing or or um, uh, finessing the game plan as required. Now I'll get off my soapbox. No. <laughs> but, uh, Look, mate, we, gonna, we might run out of time. We're going to get to um, have a chat to Heath, but I'd, I'd love to. Maybe we talk after Heath on the subject, but... Let's ask Keith about it. Well, we can ask it. Ooh, that's controversial. <laughs> um, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I know what you mean. Um, just have has he had the cattle? Because, like I said, we, we're we're bombing it onto the shortest bloke in our forward line's head. Which I, I swear I'll, I'll, I'm going to lose it if I see it happen one more time. But it's going to happen we, forever, mate. Yeah, but this is the thing. Have do we really have the kind of midfield that can hit Danaher lace out? Like, can we? Can we? Can we have Jimmy Stewart? Why he hasn't played a game before he got injured, I don't know. But um, if mm. we have Stewart, Danaher, and, I don't know, Brown, McKernan floating around down there, and Waller and Orazio actually playing half-decent football, are they are they the kind of people we need on the on the field to be able to kick decent-sized scores? Well, I would argue John Coleman kept, couldn't beat three players. So we need to somehow change the system so that that's not happening, so that, that, that we're manning up against there. We're manning uh, up. I think, yeah, and I, I think I think I might be right in saying if you, because, you know, you see so much, and you couldn't really see it on the TV on Thursday, and I, I certainly didn't go to the game, but um, we'll often have more players on the ball and at the contest, and that's partly why they've, the opponent has the wall. Um, it's a legitimate question, but I think the, the answer is the game plan because we know McKernan can contest. We know Brown can contest, but they can't do it against three players. Yeah, that's, uh, you're yeah. right, man. I, I sit there and I go, all right, so what's what's the other side of this argument? Is What's the other side of this argument? I, I'm with you in that for the last two years, John Westfold's had an entire preseason to teach his players how to this game style and he would have gone to the board and he would have showed them on a whiteboard and said, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. This is the kind of game style I'm going to have. Not last, se- not this season, but the season before. Mm. We get 10 games in or something like that. It's just Dyson Heppel's missing 10-meter passes to people. It looks awful. It is awful. We lose a hell of a lot of games. All of a sudden, they chuck the game plan out the door and go to um, to fast on running, yeah. play on instinct, and bang. That's a dead set worry for me. In that a bloke, a coach whose game plan would have been signed off by the board and the management, everybody has to chuck that game plan out after ten games and just go run and gun. And then at the start of this season, they did the same thing. They were playing a certain style of football. It didn't take them ten games to do it this time. It only took them five to make the decision to go back to run and gun. So um, that that's always been a worry for me is that, and I, I agree with what you said, that the emphasis that you've put on his game plan, I'm sure he's a great guy, great coach, he's a premiership coach, but I have concerns about his game plan. Is Carousella and Rutten going to help fix that? Are they basically going to be the coaches next year and Johnny Westfold will be the um, the media guy and, and keeping those two sort of under his wing? Who knows? But I, I agree with you, I've got concerns, but the one the one good part I do like about it is the continuity. If we were to have, if we were to sack a coach, <laughs> well, continuity rhymes with mediocrity. Yeah, <laughs> like like we we've won twelve what twelve wins each year, and Hurley's Hurley's getting older, Hooker's getting older, 
Um, who knows nice. what's happening with Danaher? That's a whole other conversation. About, yeah, that is, that about, is a, um, that's a big conversation, trust me. But all I know is the Eston supporters, that was another waste of year. Uh, and again, man, I can't, I can't disagree with you. Uh, what we'll do, uh, we'll go for a quick break uh, and we'll come back and have a bit more of a natter. Yeah, we'll talk about the one positive that was the VFL final. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get Heath, we'll get Heath, Heath Hocking on the line after the break. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. We're excited to have, for the second week in a row, which we never thought would happen, but the boys got up, the VFL boys got up on a thrilling win on Sunday. Heath Hocking, you must be so excited, mate. Yeah, it was. It was a, it's a terrific win, and I think the, the funny part of it, I guess, is that we were in the same situation the week before and um, obviously let a lead go. And um, for the boys' credit, we, uh, we rallied and... Um, I guess speaking with guys, we, we always knew we were going to win. I don't, I don't know. That's just the feeling we had. Um, I know the fans out there are probably not thinking the same thing, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a really good win and um, one that we can sort of go into this week with a bit of confidence. Mate, you, you said last week that the some of the boys, you were sort of looking at the reasons why you lost and maybe some of the boys just needed to sort of concentrate on getting, getting their job done, getting the task done. Is that what you concentrated on this week? Is it one of the boxes that you could have ticked this week? Yeah, it was. We we definitely spoke about last week. Just guys probably thinking that to go over and beyond what was needed, and we we stuck to a pretty basic um, probably philosophy that you know if you just do your role and just stick to what we had done for three quarters or you know three and a half quarters, then it was going to all you know end up pretty well. And I think if you look at sort of that play where Jock kicks the goal, you know we had. Rids kicks it in from full back and takes that dangerous kick inside, which is something we were doing all game. So it's sort of, I reckon, maybe last week we might have just kicked that long down the line or something like that. So I guess there's the the growth from the week before that we actually just stuck to our guns and we did what we would uh, did throughout the whole game. And then you know, Be- beggars I think takes the mark and kicks it straight up the middle again. So you know, it's probably a one on. Know, two on four, but we compete, we get it down, and then, um, yeah, Jock finishes nicely with the goal. How much is, is uh, Meyer's physicality in the middle crucial to you guys? Because he seems to be in actually a really good uh, vein of form uh, and, and just really throwing his weight around and, and having a real presence in the midfield. I think uh, for Meyer, he's in, enjoying his football and, and getting to play at this level and um, he, he's definitely, you know, he, he's an AFL player, you can tell by the way he plays VFL football, but I think just the way he's enjoying the football and um, obviously him being his last year, he wants to, like like myself, we want to actually finish off on a good note, so I think he's given it everything he's got and, and having him through the midfield is um, invaluable for some of those young guys like um, Minot and um, Dylan Clark and guys like that, that they can just feed off him and um, he's doing a sensational job. Yeah. Uh, feel free, anytime, uh, Solution 2, if you want to ask anything. Yeah, I was going to ask just a related question, Keith. With the conditions as they were, were the older sort of heads like you and Myers and 
Bagley kind of looking at each other going, oh, yes, this is fantastic. This is just what we want. This is going to be tough, contested. Shooty. Or did you hate it uh, as much as uh, other people did? <laughs> no, well, I actually enjoyed those conditions, but for against Werribee, obviously Werribee, that's their strength. So um, it was we knew it was going to be a tough game. If we had have had maybe nice conditions, you know, no wind, things like that, that might have suited us more. But I think that we, we knew going in it was going to be, the weather was going to be uh, a challenge. We just had to just stay focused. And pretty a single, single, single hour focus on just, as I said earlier, it's just the basic stuff like, you know, that sort of footy, it's just surging it forward um, and then locking in. I think we had 80% in forward half in one of those quarters in the second or third. So um, we were playing the game on our terms, which was really important. But um, this week we might have, um, you know, 18 and sunny. So that's it's a different game altogether against a, a quality outfit that is uh, Williamstown. Do you find that your game style, which is probably... Uh, for the drier weather is somewhat mirrors the seniors, a bit of slingshot footy from the back half? Yeah, well, obviously, they that's how it sort of works with the AFL implementing a game plan and then the VFL side, we, we emulate that as well because, you know, half our side or if not more are, are, are practising and working on that game plan. So um, for us, it's just, yeah, it, as you said, we mirror the, the AFL game plan and that way it's easier over two, if you have to play seniors or play reserves, then you're not getting mixed messages. It's it's pretty similar focus. So um, I think that actually works in our favour. So um, at times we, we can do it quite well. Um, and other times we just have to go back to that contested footy and, um, you know, get the ball forward and that sort of thing. Mate, on, on a lighter note, how's, how's Jockey going? How's the head wobble considering he's been picked for the AFL, for the, for the ones, and he's just... Kick the game, to, kick the winner to seal it. Uh, he's actually quite quite subdued, which is good. Like, is he, he good I, boy? He sort of, he is. He is. I, we um, he's done well. Like, I he did tell me he was passing it to me, and I and I sort of gathered that. But I um, I made the choice that I thought was going through, and I, I'd leave it. And obviously, you know, I think it helps. You know, these young guys if he can get involved in that's that way, it gives him some really good confidence. And he's come off playing in the in the AFL team, and now he's you know helped get us to a prelim then that's that's only going to benefit us and, and himself going forward so um yeah i'm really really happy for him he's, he's worked really hard and, and deserves everything he gets absolutely there's a i think there's a player there um in in tom jock i, I liked it when liked what i saw when he played in the ones um and I, geez i hope he sticks around i hope he has a, a long career yeah well he's, he's definitely got so many of those attributes he's, he he can run all day if you watch him plays a little bit on the wing and he's just up and back similar to sort of Braden Hand. they just they're just animals in in the sense that they can get up and around the ground and he'll just come along with you know obviously ball in hand and um and finding the footy as as he sort of goes on in his career I actually found uh Longy's physical presence uh quite strong this game he he laid some pretty lethal tackles and uh, I haven't seen sort of every fearful game, so just pardon that for a, a second. So sometimes it clashes with the with the AFL. Sorry, and, selfishly. And the misses, yeah. And the misses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the misses. Uh, but Longy, but but Longy uh, had a real physicality to this game, and, and uh, it was actually quite impressive. Yeah, and that, and that's I guess that's one of uh, Longy's strengths that he actually is quite physical. Um, you know, at, a lot of the time. So it was really good to see him. I think. 
I sort of visualised it might have been a tackle in maybe the end of the second quarter. Uh, one of the wherever guys goes and plays on, and then Kurt Aylett comes to tackle, and then he finishes the tackle quite strongly. And and that's something that um, we just expect of Long is that he just comes with that physical mindset and um, and does those things. And he and when he doesn't, it, it really helps our team. Right. So, um, do you want to jump in their solution, or are you good? Well, yeah, I was going to. So, he's your retiring. Yes, so I'll uh, finish you... up at the end of the year, yeah. Exclusive on the Lunchtime so Catch-Up you... Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so are you sort of driving driving to train thinking this might be the last session or does it just feel like a normal a normal season? Um, no, I guess it's hard because I, I don't want to think like that because I think that'll take away from um, sort of just enjoying the, the time as it is. I think... Uh, probably after the game on the weekend or even sort of through that last quarter when, you know, we were down and, you know, I sort of were confident we were going to win, but there was that element that's like, oh, shit, this could be, yeah, this could be the last time I, I come on the field as an Essendon player. So there is that, but I also think that it's about I'm just going to do everything I can um, this week and, you know, obviously if I do my part, then it helps the team go a long way to hopefully winning the prelim this week, but... Um, for me, it's it's about, and probably the last two games I've really enjoyed playing. I've just gone back to um, just play my role, um, which the last couple of weeks been a role as a sort of more a defensive forward. So um, it's actually been really enjoyable. So that's that's all I've really focused on is just enjoying whatever whatever time it is. So I'm hoping it's two games, but who knows? Now, can I ask uh, any likely inclusions coming into the game? Because uh, I can imagine, uh, like a Will Snelling might be, uh, like, um, eligible. Um, who else am I thinking? Uh, I don't know about Laverde. Maybe not. Uh, but is there a few ex- sort of any ex- expectations of some guys coming in? Yeah. Oh, well, I definitely know Will Snelling and Braden Ham have qualified, um, but I'm not sure whether that means they'll come in. I haven't. Obviously, we haven't read our recovery yesterday, but. Yep. Other than that, we haven't had our main skills. So I'm not sure where the sort of side looks. But, yeah, those two are eligible. So hopefully that means they will come in. But um, at this stage, I'm not, not 100% sure. So um, they'd be very uh, welcome inclusions if they were. Well, we've only got you uh, for 10, 15 minutes. So we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we've got a massive game Sunday. What's, what's your thoughts? Are you, uh, is it does it feel like not a monkey off the back, but because you've actually rectified the previous week, does it feel like there's a bit of a, a lease of life and coming into this game with a ton of confidence? I think that's just a, a real belief that um, we can obviously get challenged and finals. If you've watched, you know, you've watched enough finals, you know that um, teams get challenged and they've got to be able to sort of fight through it and. We probably let ourselves down against Richmond and then, you know, faced a pretty similar, I guess, situation. Obviously, the score wasn't quite 40 points, but um, our ability to just, as I said earlier, we just, I think we stuck to what we were doing for the game and and we didn't go away from that. And guys didn't get rattled and we just kept playing and they had their every opportunity to put us away. And that's something that we sort of go sort of a bit thankful that they missed a few shots and things like that but that's then again you know you sometimes yeah that's footy and sometimes you just look up and say it's the footy gods you know blessing you with that win or you know our hard work we deserved it but for us it's about just that belief that um, you know we're going to play a similar side in 
Williamstown this week. So um, things might change in terms of what the weather brings and how we, you know, change our game plan. But the actual belief that we can actually fight through some of those difficult moments in games is, is really there for the for the group. And um, yeah, it's something that hopefully will will put us in good stead in this game. Well, mate, uh, all, I know all the listeners uh, of the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast and the Windy Hill Windsock, for that matter, um, are well and truly behind you boys in the VFL. So I want to say a massive thank you again for coming on the podcast. Um, quick plug for Heath um, and uh, the Baked by Heath brand. Um, I can tell you that his, uh, his sourdough and his olive loaf are extremely tasty. If you get the opportunity, check him out on Instagram. Um, he's, uh, he's doing some great things with bread at the moment. But in the, I appreciate that. In the meantime, uh, you'll see him next week um, playing, uh, playing for the Bombers. Definitely, like you said, for the second last time. Um, and we'll get you through to a granny and uh, I'd send you off yeah. uh, on winning a granny, which would be incredible. No, I appreciate that, guys. Um, thanks for having me again. And, um, yeah, obviously any fans out there that can get down to Adcon Stadium on Sunday, get it, get there because um, the boys really appreciate having so many faithful, obviously, Essendon supporters, you know, there to support the boys. So, no, I look forward to it. No, so do, so do we, trust me. <laughs> All right, mate, thank you very much again for coming on and uh, we appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Heath. Thanks, Heath. Great interview there with Heath. Um, really, really thankful again for his uh, for his time, especially leading into um, what could be the second last game of his career. Um, hopefully, it's the second last game of his career. Um, anyway, so one thing we just wanted to point out is that we have a sponsor uh, that helps us uh, put this dinky little podcast together, and that is the guys and girls down there at the Mantra Hotel in Tullamarine. The Mantra Hotel in Tullamarine is directly to the left of um, the hangar. It is a great place to go down and check out if you're maybe, I don't know, heading towards the airport or something like you want to stay close to the airport overnight. Um, it's a great place down there. Um, the boys uh, at the and the girls at the uh, Mantra Telemarine will look after you. We have a promo code that you can use if you're booking accommodation at the Mantra and Telemarine. Um, we'll get, uh, I think it's 10%. 10% off um, the uh, room rate, subject to availability. And if you enter the promo code lunchtime catch up, lunchtime catch up, and you get 10% off. Um, also, get down there and check out the uh, Woodlands Cafe. The Woodlands Cafe is well tasty, especially the Woodlands Burger. Um, extremely tasty burger. So, get down to the uh, lunch, the lunchtime catch up, the Mantra Hotel in Tullamarine, um, and say hey to those guys. You get 10% off uh, with our promo code. Now, one thing we want to do. Um and thanks for that, Grant. One look, one thing we we had to as a as a podcast, and and, and us three guys here who love AFL, uh, we want to just send our deepest sympathies and and express our utter sadness at the news of Danny Frawley. Um, I don't know about you, Solution, but uh, it hit pretty hard to most people. Most people know him from seeing him weekly on the TV and and mm. SEN and. And for us older folk who watched him play, he was a fantastic defender. And and to have something that's so sudden, uh, I, I, it just and unexpected. It, it shocked the footy community, and and it just 
I don't know, it makes you very reflective about a lot of things in your own life, but uh, just a, a wonderful person and, and a wonderful football person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm old enough. We kind of, I kind of grew up with him. And, uh, I mean, he was an old-fashioned fullback, is it fair to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like Mick, Mick, Mick Martin type, yep. you know, it was all about just defending and... The punch. Um, he was tough as nails and he was a, a country guy. He kind of had that sort of country knockabout kind of um, personality. But, uh, yeah, really, I think it's hit a lot of people hard. And, um, yeah, just condolences to, the, obviously, the family and um, people that knew him. And, um, yeah, I, well said what you said earlier, Scott. Yeah, it, it's just, look, we won't linger on it too long because it can be very sad. But it, it, it from it's very obvious he's a very strong family man. And that's I think that's the heartbreaking part because there's there's a, there's a wife and, and three kids. Daughters, yeah. Who are obviously very, very shocked and, and, and just incredibly hurt. And, and that's where your thoughts are and, 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 uh, and you just want to send them all the love and... And, and, and that's what we're doing right now. So, uh, look, we'll, we'll move on, and but we just want to at least just acknowledge and send all our, our love and, and support and, and just acknowledge what a fantastic person Danny Forley was in the, in the AFL community. Look, let's talk briefly about the, the final, which is our standard elim- elimination final effort. Yeah. Um, look, I, I was really disappointed and I'm going to tell you I'll be, give you a bit of Windy Hill Windsock style commentary here because I was really disappointed and and about certain players playing that game that obviously were physically not right to play that game and and they may have repu- and they may have reputations and, and they may be great people but are we seriously going to be a professional football club or not? Because you cannot have guys getting four possessions or, or less uh, who are normally 20 possessions and very, 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 some would be all Australian calibre, but they could not move. Uh, they won't. So, they... so, Scott, sorry, um, Scott O'Brien, either, who are you awarding the Henneman to? Who wins the Henneman <laughs> The Henneman Award. award. <laughs> Over Come to you, on. mate. Well, um, look, why not? I, I'll look. For me, for me, it's Fantasia. I, I'm, I'm over. To, uh, I cannot believe that the Essendon Football Club hasn't put this guy in surgery ten weeks ago, because you cannot have mm-hmm. a player just be non-existent for literally eight to ten week straight period. And, and it's never made sense to me. I've brought this up before. Why play him? Like, forget reputations, forget everything else, forget saving your coaching butt or anything like that. He, he literally can't play. Like, like he's obviously his hips is, and I've heard very much reports that his hip is is not that great and definitely needs surgery. And 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 I don't get whether to be angry at him for putting his hand up, or the club for selecting him. And maybe it's a bit of both. But it's just frustrating to me. It's like I knew what I was going to get from Fantasia and exactly what I got. I went, oh, you know, I, I just assumed Hooker's back was going to be a lot better 
so that's why they picked him. It wasn't. He couldn't move. Uh, yeah. I assumed Hurley had had some healing that they could at least get his arms, his his right arm above his shoulders or left arm, whatever one was affected. He couldn't. He went up with one arm. Uh, and you're like, this is an elimination final. Like, you, like I, I get Michael Hartley's not as good as Carl Hooker. Michael Hartley's better than Carl Hooker fit. Like, and the other person's basically almost a cripple. <laughs> like, like it's, it's just, I don't get the selection. Uh, and just finally, you've got Fantasia playing 87% of the game. You've got Waller playing 59% of the game. You've got McGrath, the obvious player that's playing the best footy. He plays 59% of the game. Heppel is on one foot. He plays like 92% of the game. I, there's just... Uh, you, know, you know, just to add to that, do you know we also had something like... Might have been 15 less rotations than the Eagles. And what, yeah, yeah. What, what does that mean, though, mate? Like, what, what is... It's just... It's like... What, I just think to ten, me, it, yeah. To me, sorry, mate. To me, it says there's no strategy. No, to me what, it says there's no strategy. It's reactive um, in all the wrong ways. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my. I, I was frustrated five seconds into the game. The ball bounced, and I swore. <laughs> so the ball bounced. We've had ten days, or ten or eleven days, to plan for this game, the most important game for the club in many years. We had to try and compete well in a final. We all thought that. We've had 10 or 11 days to plan for it. The ball bounces and McGovern's loose at halfback. And you're like, what? And like, you've just literally had a blueprint from Alistair Clarkson Mm -hmm. to say, this is how you play the Eagles. And they put Burgoyne on McGovern. They shut him down. They they do all these different tactics. They put a, a... uh, a ruckman uh, at sometimes sent half back, and they try and clog up things, and they're all these really great tactics. Gee, I wish we could do it because we just go, no, we're just going to do our slingshot, slingshot footy. Hope it works, and what happens? We kick the ball to three tools to the west coast. They just and they do twenty six more inside fifties, and, and when you the know game... what we did, we took a slingshot to a gunfight. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it was a poor, it was a poor viewing and experience by the whole club, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't think the players were good. Uh, I thought, I mean, there were some broken tackles that should never happen in an elimination final, uh, and I could point to a few. Trust me. Uh, and it was just, mm. it was a regular season game in an elimination final, but West Coast turned up for an elimination final. Uh, and that's that's the reality. It was just we turned up for round twenty three. They turned up to a final, uh, and it's just it's just frustrating. I I felt like the whole right across the club that was just a, a poor. It's a effort. bit. It's a bit like what you said earlier, solution, and that it's it just appeared to be mediocrity again. It's just that it we, we turned up. We were mediocre to bad, and we got hammered. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing for me is there were some individual performances that, are, that were, were meritorious for sure. Andy McGrath, standout. Yeah. What a magnificent young man he is. And, uh, God, we just need to... Whenever 
when when can we offer him an extension? Would you yeah, do it absolutely. as soon as we can? And we need to lock him in. But to me, it was just a it was um, a microcosm of the entire year. There were some good bits in there. We fought back, but to me, Thursday night was just that was just a symptom of of all the problems this club has, and it's yeah. around again being unable to adjust for our opponent. Um, making the same mistakes over and over. Players yeah, playing yeah. injured. Had that all year. <laughs> we had it from the start of the year, really. Yep. Yeah. Um, and until this fundamental change at the club, you know, whether that's via some kind of review and, uh, or I don't know, but until there's fundamental changes, we'll, we'll have the same problems happening. But now I'm repeating myself, guys, and I don't want to do that. Well, yeah, look, uh, for me, the... As much as people are excited about Carousella, the replacement of Justin Crow is probably the most pivotal. Um, I say that because we've kept Wusher, right? So of what's remaining left and what we need to replace, the replacement of Justin Crow, whoever that is, is is pivotal for this football club mm. uh, to get right because uh, we just can't... I think Stephen Dank's looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> too, too soon? Too yeah, soon. Smidge. No, maybe. Maybe too soon, and it's been yeah, five years, but yeah, it's still too. But no, no, it, uh, I don't know who they're going uh, to... I, I can't, can't really say. I'm an Tommy expert Turkle, on fitness people like around the AFL, but boy, that's a big one. That's a big one because, you know, we've had... It's not just the big injuries, the, the season injuries. It's it's all the guys who have been the two, three-week injuries uh, for cars, for hammies, for you know, there's no doubt to my mind that Jake Stringer could hardly bend over. Like he was very hesitant on extending that hammy uh, against the Eagles. I, I felt like it was on his mind most of the game. Uh, and there was even one play where I thought he could have dived for the ball for Mark and had a shot on goal, but he just was hesitant to do that action. And and that told me someone who was very paranoid about his 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 hamstring going. So. Soft tissue injuries, we've got to get right. Uh, it's pretty pivotal, obviously. Um, so, look, I, I don't know. If I wrapped up the Essendon season, uh, I, I reckon you're going to be a little bit more harsher than I. I, I think I gave them a C- minus in my head. Uh, I, I acknowledged that they fought back the second half of the year. Uh, my concern was that four of, the, four of those games was uh, a comeback from behind under 10-point win. So you know, it's it's not something I can jump up and down about. It was it was resilient. It was brave, but at no point did I think a system beat the opposition. It was no. it was an individual kind of brilliance or yeah. just moments. Oh, I'll let you speak. Solution. <laughs> no, we did exactly the same thing on our podcast. Um, I think the correspondent correspondent gave him a C minus, and I gave him a D. Um, you know, I mean, finals was a pass, and I guess we made finals. But God, didn't we go by the Cape to get there? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I again, it was. I'll give it an M, an M for mediocre. Yeah. And if mm. we're going to take the next step, something needs to change. But um, you guys, I, I saw your tweet before I got on the podcast. You said this is going to be the fun, the funniest podcast ever. No, it again, didn't. <laughs> no, no pressure, but. Um, <laughs> It's all been doom and gloom, hasn't it? <laughs> well, 
Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I think it was a nice part, but yeah, yeah, but uh, no, but look, the reality is, is, is whether people like it or not, it is frustrating to follow a twelve wins two thousand seventeen, twelve wins two thousand eighteen, twelve wins two thousand nineteen. No matter how this year shaped, and I get all the injuries and I get all the arguments, it's still frustrating. Like we're still fans, we still want success. Yeah. Um. So. You just we're just kind of really relaying like how we feel like we love the club we're all going to be members yeah we're all going to be still excited at round one and and have this no weird one's going little... to cut their membership card up or anything yeah, yeah you know but you know and I'll you know I'll be fair to say and you may disagree but you know I'll I'll support John and hope things work out he's a nice guy and I'll go on and go okay let's see how we go now and, that he's committed but but I have the reality is. I have less optimism in this off season so far. It's just started than I have in other ones because it's just we're just doing uh, we're just doing the the mouse on the wheel thing. It's just it's just turning and turning and doing the same thing. Uh, and I think some point something's got to snap. Uh, and I just you know if we show up next year and, and suddenly with this amazing side then all credit i'll put my put i'll be the first one to put my hand up and say fantastic because that's all i wanted in the first place but uh, i i just don't go into next year with as much optimism i'm welcome happy to be surprised but the reality is i'm so used to us finishing between 10th and 8th and just to add a little bit more depressingness to the end of the podcast here, um, looking on the Essendon's um, uh, app, and they're saying these are the players that are going to go for um, postseason surgery who will be sort of having a delayed start to the season. So it's Raz, Marty Gleeson, Guelfi, Zarakis, Mozzie, Noah Gown, Mitch Brown, and Zach Clark. It's like so many players that are going to be is it, as in interrupted. Hang on, you're, you're including... Zach Clark. <laughs> I, I actually knew you were going to say that, Jake. <laughs> <Even before, laughs> Wait. Look, I, I, you know I, the, the, go for it. The worst thing is we gave we gave our Henneman of the Year award last uh, yesterday. Again, we haven't published it because I'm too busy talking to you guys. But um, he didn't even get a mention. Um, we oh, just forgot I, about him. Should I dare ask who won? Well, yeah, it was a toss-up between your namesake, um, <gasps> Benny, Meech, not the brother, Benny, and um, Fantasia, and unfortunately, Fantasia Ooh, won the award. And you know, followed some great names. Ariel Steinberg won it two years in a row. Oh, he's um, a that kid's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> there, he followed in some big footsteps, but. It's just the talent, and of course, he had an injury cloud. But as you guys know, when you run on the field, you're considered you're fit. You're 100% fit, yep. Um, but look, I guess, uh, you know, may those guys heal quickly. Um, I don't think all of them uh, are players that we're going to build our future around. True. Yeah. But uh, we need to, at the very least, can we have, can we be ready for round one? Which I don't think we were this year. I, don't no, think I agree. You guys disagree. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I think people know my thoughts. That was that was my angriest. I actually were this year. Is is how we came out, a fully unprofessional, unprepared club. 
That's just, there's no way around it. No one will ever convince me or argue with me or debate with me. Those three, right. those two JLTs and those two first rounds was a complete and utter embarrassment. And I'll never apologize for saying it. It was, it was just, I was livid. It's to have have a whole 2018 to say we reason why we didn't make finals because we had a sluggish start and then to do it again and have a sluggish start is, is I, I I still I try and put it into another corner of my brain to not get angry again. It's like the saga. I just have to put it away <laughs> to, to not let me bring, to not to not get my angst up again. But oh well, we'll see how we go. With let's hope. I mean, we've got to come out firing. Um, and it, it, I, Wush, is, Wush is obviously going to be on his last year um, as far as contract wise so uh, he definitely needs a fast start himself or I actually do think the club will be close to acting anyway yep. <laughs> so it's been fun uh, solutions, uh, especially the last sort of uh, five, well, six, seven minutes on the, on the bright side the Bearfield team beat the shit farmers <laughs> will win this week Win the granny, and um, we can have a, a decent Mad Monday. Absolutely. Look, when you love it for Bagley and Hocking and these guys yeah. um, to go out with, I mean, some of these guys you've got to remember are part of the thirty-four too. Uh, Agreed. And, uh, so I would love to for them to go out with some success. I'm I'm really really anxious about this Sunday. What are we going to win and have a a grand final experience and and just have that kind of success. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us, mate. It's been a blast. You're you've made you've made the dark side come out of us as well. So that's 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 <laughs> that's the ultimate compliment. But uh we, we we had a swear we had a swear jar in the in the middle of the of the desk, but uh we're, we're almost offended at ourselves that it, there's no nothing in it. So <laughs> so um Well, um actually and look, to be honest, guys, it's been an honour, and uh, I genuinely enjoyed it, and um, I, I love the podcast. So well done. Um, I do feel that we've been a little bit vilified and a little bit typecast as, um, you know, a bunch of wharfies from uh, from the nineteen fifties or something, swearing, swearing like there's no tomorrow. You got to remember, we we our high water mark was the Asada years. So there was a lot to swear about. Understandable. Um, so yeah, we're not. We're <laughs> no, not well, quite that bad. Look, the, the the honesty is, and it's something we just play up. But the honesty is, your content is really, really good, uh, and, and that's why I listen because I actually want to hear your thoughts on the game, and um, and that's the reality of why people listen to the show. So um, and that's the value that the the Windy Hill. Uh, Windsock has, has been. It's been an outlet for fans, including myself. I'm just I'm just a person. Clicks on the clicks on it while he, on the train listening to work and 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 I love hearing people's views and, and you're one of the voices that I and the correspondent and and that I that I listen to and and it's it's one of those things you go oh never thought of that never thought of that um, and then uh, I may even sneakily bring it into the podcast <laughs> and go oh I didn't even think of that aspect uh, I should I should see if I can research that myself um, but no it's it's been uh, whether it's your your last year or not, I'll let that decide with the gods. But uh, it's actually been a privilege to have you guys serve the Essendon uh, fan faithful for the last or oh, almost five, six, seven years now. So um, 
we're we're actually grateful and, and honored for you to be on the show to be honest rather than the other way around so we we're pretty thrilled that you can come on no i appreciate it and um thanks very much and same same with you guys love the podcast um i'm available for the patreon site my fees negotiable <laughs> so we can talk about that offline we'll, we'll talk but we'll just, talk our people will talk to your people shit. yeah sounds sounds good boys all right thanks very much Lucian. we will uh, we'll talk to you later thanks lads have a good one thanks mate And that was the solution from the Windy Hill Windsock. Fantastic for him to be a guest host. This this final, I guess not not final podcast for us, is it? This I feel no. like I feel like now that the see you know the seniors are finished. I feel like absolutely, like, mate. We've nothing got, final about us. That's it. We've got VFL next week. We're going to be absolutely keeping a key eye on. Um, and thanks you know, very much, Dave. You know I love trade, so I'm going to be talking. to uh, we'll be we'll be doing a hell of a lot of podcasts moving forward, guys. I can assure you on the trades and stuff. We actually had that down for things to talk to um, in this podcast. But as we as we talk to you now, before we wrap it up, we're going for just an hour, a lazy hour and one minute. So we'll probably keep that for the next podcast. Yeah, we'll keep that for the for the next. So thanks everyone for joining the show. Thank you for all the support. I can hardly talk English anymore. Uh, we're we're on iTunes, Spotify, all SoundCloud, those. all of the things. We're on the socials. Um, check us out. We're on the Facebook. We're on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you can get Scotty at uh, Scooter McNeese on Twitter. Um, tell us all about the podcast. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Um, it's great to get feedback from you guys. And we look, we have been getting some feedback on the sound uh, of the show. We are trying to improve that. Just bear in mind, uh, though, I've got good news today. I sell my house today. So I uh, move into a new place in November. So we're, we're kind of reconstructing our setup and making sure that the the studio gets set up properly. We're a little bit in a makeshift studio at the moment. So... Mm-hmm. So just bear in mind the last couple of episodes uh, and maybe even this one, but we'll try our best to get it right as possible. Just as the sound is somewhat a little bit up and down. So. Absolutely. And a, and a massive thank you to uh, the guys and girls that are on our, as part of our Patreon um, group. Uh, what, what we can say is, and we've said this a, a dozen times so far, is that the Patreon um, uh, funds that you give us for that extra content was going to go to extra microphones, extra bits and pieces to help us make, uh, make us sound a little bit better. Um, well, what we can say is we bought a new microphone. So, so yes, we're both yes. we've both got a we've microphone. We've both got a now. nice snowball microphone now. So uh, absolutely, I'm not. We're not sort of sitting huddled around way too close to each other around one microphone. So hopefully the the audio sounds a little bit better. So um, thank you very much to all the guys and girls on our Patreon. Um, if you're uh, if you're not a member of the Patreon, come and check us out at Patreon. We do. Um, team selection, which is probably not going to be so effective now <laughs> this week. Well, we're going to do some theme shows. So with yeah. Patreon, we're going to do our uh, top 10 players of the 80s, 90s and noughts. Yep. Uh, so we're going to actually do a little bit of theme shows. And then we're going to try and do some interactive shows. So with yeah. our Patreons and almost do like a call-in show. So we actually have some fun stuff coming Come and check us out. The Patreon's real cheap. It's as cheap as two bucks a month. Um, and you get some extra content from, uh, from me and this bloke sitting across from me. Um, and we have a hell of a lot of fun on the Patreon site. So again, massive thank you to those guys. Um, thank you again to Heath uh, Hocking. Um, baked by Heath. Check out his bread. It's incredible. A massive thank you to The Solution from uh, Windy Hill Windsock. And I think we're done, Scotty. We're done. Uh, back to uh, normal 
family life. Back to normal family life, Scotty. I'm going to take my ass home. So, all right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Catch you, guys. And go the Bombers for the VFL. Go the Bombers for the VFL. So I can't wait to get there. Catch you, guys.